Well, good morning. Uh, we're glad that you are joining us on this Sunday after Christmas. You'll notice that we're doing things a little differently this morning. Um, and uh, I, one of the reasons for that is I just wanted to let our worship team and our tech team and all those that normally pull off a Sunday morning online service just to have the weekend with their families. Uh, years ago, we used to not do a service on the last Sunday of the year. Um, when we were a portable church, we would uh, take that whole Sunday off and it let everybody take a break. And especially when you're doing a couple of hours of setup in the morning, uh, an hour of tear down to, to move out, uh, it was just a time to spend with your family and not feel like we've got to pull off a service. Uh, we stopped doing that a few years ago. We started having a service this Sunday just because we felt like we could and it was a good time to get together and many people were ready, ready uh, to get back together as a church. Uh, but today I'm just going to be joining you and I want to um, kind of wrap up what we've been talking about with the good news and also give you maybe a little bit of a taste of some of the things we're going to be talking about after the first of the year. So I'm going to share a little with you right now. I'm going to pray with you and then we're going to be done for today. If you are tuning in for the first time, uh, we would love to meet you and you can uh, let us know that you're watching and would like to hear more about our church just by going to our website, journeychattanooga.com forward slash guest and uh, just fill in some contact information and, and someone will get in touch with you. Uh, so as we get started, <clears throat> I wanted to do a series called The Good News at Christmas because we all need good news. Uh, we all need a steady flow of good news within our lives. Uh, but I also wanted us to understand and anticipate the coming of Christ at Christmas in the realm that this was good news. And, you know, when we think today, what would good news be for today? Um, you know, the, the vaccine for many was good news. They were very excited about that news. Uh, I saw some of our jobless numbers in Tennessee dropped lower than they expected them to be uh, at this time of the year in the middle of a pandemic. That is good news. Maybe um, some friends or family members who have been sick are now well. That is good news. Uh, there's lots of ways that we can have good news, but when we are looking at the need for good news within our lives, uh, there are a few things that I think we need to consider. Number one, you need to have good news to have a good life. In fact, we probably have more studies right now than have ever been done on the, the effects of negative news and the need for good news. I read one uh, article, MIT did a study on this, used a uh, a, a corporation that had over 3,000 employees and just tried to analyze exactly, <coughs> excuse me, what, where were they in the middle of the pandemic and what were they struggling with? And what they found was is that the, the steady diet of negative news was having a really negative impact on their lives. And as they began asking questions and began formulating a plan, they, they implemented a very interesting intervention for their employees. Uh, not only are they missing some of the social connections that they normally would have had, but just we were just, it's just been one bad story after the other in 2020. And so they started a, st a steady diet of good news. 
they started piping in to um, all of their employees uh, some good news, uh, which is a web series by John Krasinski um, that he just highlights good things he finds on the Internet every day. In fact, he just did one about six days ago and already has over one and a half million views. They started implementing just good news from their executives and they would regularly send out positive news um, reports. There's there's also some news networks that are just focused on good news and so they would kind of push their employees to those news sources to just get a steady diet of good news and interestingly it had a really positive effect on them. If, if you study uh, or, or look up any of the studies that, that psychologists are doing on what happens when you just watch lots of news, they almost every psychologist will tell you you need to turn off the news because that steady diet of negative news has a negative effect on you, not, not just on your mind and your thinking, but actually on your body. Uh, in, in fact, the more negativity that you take in, the more your cortisol raises, which is your stress hormone. And so the more your stress hormone rises, the more stress you feel and the worse you feel about the world. Good news is essential for a good life. Uh, it's interesting that when we looked kind of a few weeks ago at the beginning of this series, we, we looked at a central figure that believed he was the end all for what was good in the world. His name was Caesar Augustus, and he was the first Roman emperor. Uh, and he was emperor when Jesus was born and, and had been in control for many years before Jesus was born. But he said about himself, he was the son of God. He said that he was the bringer of peace and instituted the Pax Romana, which meant the peace of Rome. It was said that he was the euangelion, which means good news or the gospel. He is the bringer of good news, and he was the prince of peace, which when we looked at the announcement of Jesus, we saw that what was really happening was this really subversive moment where the heavens were saying this is not the good news. This is not the Prince of Peace. This is not the Son of God because Jesus, even though he was born in a stable, uh, born with no, no authority that man would give him, didn't have the heirs, didn't have the wealth, the influence, or the political power. It was the angel said about him, this is the Son of God. This is the Prince of Peace. This is the bringer of good news. Uh, so we followed that thread as we saw that Jesus ultimately is the bringer of good news. Augustus was the bringer of good news for the Romans, but literally no one else felt like he was good news. He was bad news. He was going to be taxing you, and if you did not follow whatever he wanted, you were going to uh, be at the end of a sword or the end of a spear. So Jesus was the bringer of good news. <clears throat> when we talk about good news, though, and, and this is kind of what I want to do. I want to talk about, well, what is the good news? Who tends to receive the good news? And then how, how are we supposed to spread good news to others? Because good news really isn't all that good if it's not shared with people. So 
sometimes as Christians, we get really wrapped up in the mechanics of belief. And we start thinking about sin and judgment and heaven and hell. When Although those are pieces of the good news, that's not actually the good news at all. So you somewhat have to think to yourself, why is it so hard for Christians to share their faith if what we are sharing is actually good news? Because, you know, when you have good news to share, that's not something you typically want to hold on to. You want to let that out. And one of the crucial pieces to the gospel being good news is not just the pieces of what it is. It's actually the sharing of it. If we're not actually sharing this good news, is it actually good news for anyone? Or is it just something we tell ourselves is good, but we may not actually believe that it's good? You know, the, even the idea of good news really uh, requires the idea that there's a bad result without this good news. Like we are right now in a season of looking at colleges. Emma's getting ready to go to college. Jake's already in college, and so she's applied to, <laughs> excuse me, several. Um, schools that she is interested in. And as the acceptance letters came in, that, that was good news. And so it was exciting to see that she would get accepted to the schools that she was interested in. And it's good news because there could have been bad news as in she didn't get accepted, right? When, when we went for our COVID test and I, I went for a rapid test, which meant they did my test and I sat in the room and then they came back 15 minutes later and told me what my results were. Had they come in and said your results were negative, that would have been good news. And I would have wanted to know that news. That was not the result of my test. Uh, and so I had the alternative of what would have been the good news. The bad news was it was positive. So good news offsets bad news within our lives. Maybe uh, you're looking to get a promotion or a new job, and if you actually get that promotion, that's good news. And it's good news because the bad news would have been you didn't get it, and things really aren't changing for the positive, you don't feel. So good news elicits a response that we want to share because it offsets a possible bad scenario that could have happened in our lives. I wonder how many of us as Christians really think about the reality of our faith being good news, not just that it offsets something bad, but it's actually something really exciting. Like some of our students, I know they were really struggling this last semester doing online classes and some of their labs and, and just some of the, the harder classes that you would take, especially entering into college and, and some of our high schoolers and, and even younger, even our first grader in our own house, was really struggling through some things this semester. And when their grades came in, I asked all our kids, well, how are you doing? How did you do? And they did really well. And that was good news because the fear was they weren't going to do really well, but they actually did pretty well after all. Good news offsets the bad news, but not only does it offset the bad news, it lowers those cortisol levels within us and it makes us feel better about the world. Now, why am I telling you all this? Because if we could just orchestrate our lives around enough good things happening, well, maybe we would just feel good about our life all the time. Well, that's not why I'm telling you this. Because in reality, 
arbitrary good news almost always has a temporary effect. In other words, once that good news has come and gone, we go back to a state of needing more good news. So I want to talk about the gospel in a little different context. As we looked at that subversive nature of Jesus, when he just the, the announcement of his entry into the world was to say the, the good news of the Romans, which means if you were one of the Roman elites, like this was good for you, you were affluent, you had power, you had prestige, uh, you know, you were benefiting from all of this. But, but literally everybody else were suffering under the rule of Rome. And, and so as we look at that story and as we look at what Jesus was saying was, I have good news for everyone who would believe, but especially for those who feel like they don't have affluence, power, riches, fame in the world, which is literally most of the world. So as we look through this and as we look at the announcement of Jesus, this is what the, the angel said about the, the birth of Jesus. It said, in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. So we're not just talking about temporary good news to get us kind of a, a good feeling or a, get our fix of positivity. Instead, he's saying this is good news that will last for an eternity for all people. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul says this about what this good news is. He says, for I delivered to you as first importance that I also received that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, and he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And we read Jesus's words himself um, in the Gospel of John 3, 16 and 17, that most of us have, have learned that if we've been in church for any amount of time, and, <laughs> and said this about this good news, for God so loved the world. So this, this good news is wrapped up in love that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And so what we see just in those two verses is the good news is about love and it is about the son of God coming for us. So he didn't come to condemn us but he came to show us a better way and for us to be forgiven. As we talked about at our Christmas Adams service, even the father of John the Baptist said, this baby who is being born is coming to deliver the world from its sins, which is important in the way that we understand what this good news is. I want to share a little bit more of that in a moment. Tim Keller said this about the gospel or the good news. He said, we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet, at the very same time, we were more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we dared hope. See, good news is good news. 
Whenever we feel that this is true, we feel that, you know, the world is broken. The world is hurting. We see the effects of sin on the lives of others. Sometimes it's easier to see the effects of sin on other people than it is to see the effects of sin on ourselves. But when we see the results of sin, we recognize this is not good. When we look at oppressive um, behaviors and systems, we would say that is not good only if we are the ones being oppressed. Like if we're benefiting from that oppressive system, we tend to ignore the suffering that's going on in others. For example, if you were one of the Roman elites, even though the nations that Rome was taxing heavily with people that were loyal to Rome, but also loyal to their own billfolds so that they would not only collect a tax, but then extra. We talked a little bit about that with the, the tax collectors. E- even then, if you were one of the elite of Rome, it was easy to overlook the suffering of these other non-Roman nations because you were benefiting, because life was good. But if you're not in a system where you're at the you know top of the of the food chain, and instead you're the one who is constantly hurting and suffering, you are looking for a rescuer. You're looking for a savior. And, and as I mentioned a few minutes ago, that's literally most of the world because most of us find ourselves with very little, if any, political influence or power over anyone other than ourselves. And yet we constantly feel that at times that decisions are made that benefit some who are in the highest of positions, but it does not benefit those who are already struggling. See, the struggling recognize that brokenness. They recognize the results of sin, but those who are benefiting from it, it's very easy for them to ignore it. That's one of the reasons I believe Jesus says it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to go into the kingdom of heaven because not because there's anything inherently wrong with with do being successful in life, but if you benefit from the oppression of others, and even if that's not the case, even if wealth is not always built by oppressing other people, but if you are living in a way in which you feel like the world is your oyster, like life is good, this is the life I always wanted because it's better than most everybody else I know, you, you rarely say the world needs to change. You rarely say there needs to be a rescuer. Instead, you want to continue things exactly the way they are because they're working out really well for you. And if I'm honest, even though I'm not wealthy, uh, I am very wealthy compared to many people in the world. And even though I don't have any power politically or any any influence within my city or in our nation, um, I do have some level of influence with people around us. Most of us do. We don't usually recognize it. So it's important we understand the good news that what it's saying is we see that the world is broken. And what Jesus shows us is that in the midst of that brokenness, and in sometimes the midst of our suffering, always in the midst of our suffering, there is a great love for us and a rescuer who says, I am coming 
to bring you peace. I am coming to bring you joy. I am coming to bring you hope. I am coming not only to love you, but to show you how you can experience love greater than others in the world would do that. It is really an incredible story when we understand what that good news is. The truth is, though, that good news can't possibly impact people unless it is shared with them first. And I want to I want to talk to you just for a minute about some of the ways that we tend to share the gospel that have actually brought a lot of hardship to the church. When I say hardship, what I mean is it's really damaged the spread of the gospel, not helped the spread of the gospel. When you know, when we look at what it, a world that right now worldwide just needs good news, sometimes even though we have good intentions, if we aren't focused on the right things, we tend to not share good news, but we tend to share bad news. I'll share more of that with you in a minute. Before I do, I want to read this story about Peter and John. And uh, Peter and John have, have gone out. This is shortly after uh, Jesus has ascended to heaven and then the Holy Spirit has descended on the apostles. They begin speaking in, in tongues and foreign languages. And they're just spreading the gospel everywhere they went. And uh, the religious leaders did not like that. So Peter and John are, have been doing this, and they've been arrested. And basically, they're telling them, you need to stop talking about this, because this is not the religious system that we want propagated here. We want it, we want our religious system that we're in control of to continue to be told. And this Jesus, like he's gone now. Stop talking about it. Uh, listen to their response. I think this is one of the most profound stories when it talks about sharing the good news of anywhere in scripture. It, it comes in Acts chapter 4, beginning with verse 13. Listen to the story, but I want you to, to listen for how do they respond when they're told you need to stop talking about this. Why is it that they can't stop talking about it? Verse 13 in Acts chapter 4 says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. That's important. They recognized they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, this is a man they had just healed, uh, who had been lame for 40 years. They, uh, But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all of the inhabitants of Jerusalem. It's also important. Everybody saw this good thing. There was no denying that a good thing had happened. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them. This is this is the good stuff. This is where it really gets good. Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people, for all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on 
whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. What I find fascinating about this, and one of the crucial pivots we need to see in the way we move into 2021 as a church is this. When they came down to Peter and John being threatened and being told, you need to stop talking about this. We would say sharing the good news. They would say, no, that's bad news because you are working against our religious authority. But for Peter and John, their response was this. How can we not talk about what we've seen and heard? How can we not tell people what we saw with Jesus? See, here's the interesting thing. Many times when we feel that we're supposed to share the gospel, what do we start with? We we start with the facts, right? And we've generally learned these facts somewhere. And the first fact we often start with is you are sinful. Okay, it's true. Uh, Bible says this over and over again. Any person who observes human behavior and nature recognizes there is sin and brokenness in the world. And the idea that we just naturally do what is right and good belies what we see in humanity over and over and over again. But we often start with that. We often start with, you are sinful, and therefore you are going to hell. But there is a savior. So we kind of dump some bad news, right? You're sinful. You need a savior. Okay, that's bad news for most people. And then we'll sprinkle in some good news. But Jesus died on the cross for you so that you can know him forever. Well, that's good news. But I wonder if that's exactly how Peter and John were sharing what they had seen and heard. I want you to think about what's the most exciting thing you witnessed like in the last few weeks. I mean, the, something happened that you just had to talk about. Maybe you shared it on Facebook. Maybe you came home and shared it with friends or family. Uh, I just want you to think about something that you were so excited about. Um, it wasn't Tennessee football for anybody, uh, but maybe maybe another sports team. Uh, maybe it was just a Christmas present you wanted to share. You were so excited about a Christmas present. You've already you know, sent it out to all your friends on Instagram or Snapchat or whatever. I don't know. What is that thing that was just so exciting? You like you couldn't hold it in. You just wanted to tell other people around it, around you. Uh, you just had to let it out. See, I think that is what Jesus always meant when he said, I want you to share good news. You have experienced something so exciting and wonderful, you can't keep it to yourself. So I think there's there's really two ways to talk about our faith that aren't supposed to be in opposition to each other, but they tend to be. And there is be there's belief and there is experience. Now, the reality is, is you can nail all the beliefs. You can read the Bible. You can read ways to share your faith. You can read about the gospel. You can read about Jesus and say, okay, I know all the things I'm supposed to believe. And that tends to be the way we share the gospel when that's what we've learned it through, all about belief. Then there's experience. You know, experience is that thing like Peter and John were saying, we can't help but talk about what we've 
seen and heard. They've experienced something. And so I, I bet that when they began the conversation, while belief was important to bring into the conversation, I believe they started with their experience. Let me tell you what we saw. Let me tell you about the time that Jesus took the fish and the loaves and he multiplied it to feed thousands of people. Let us tell you about the wedding that we were at and he took a bunch of water and he turned it into wine. Let me tell you about the time when he came upon these lepers and they were healed or this man who was crippled from birth and then he stood up and everyone was amazed. You know, I think that's the way they were sharing the gospel, which does make it a little harder for us when we ourselves don't see Jesus, right? Like I, most of us would love to have those stories to tell. Like I was sick and Jesus prayed over me and I was well in an instant. We would love to have those stories to tell. But I want to, to share with you this. It, even today, 2,000 years after all of that happened, we still are experiencing Jesus. Now, whether we share the good news through our experience or through a statement of beliefs, I don't know what your background is, and I don't know where you come from, but I want to encourage you that perhaps you need to start with experience. Let me give you an example. When I was a kid, I grew up in the church. I grew up in a great church. I grew up with parents who authentically uh, were, were and are uh, believers in Christ. Not only did they profess belief, but I could see it. They lived it out within their lives and still do um, to this day. So as a kid, I was the very best case scenario to see the gospel in action. I actually have two salvation experiences uh, that I went through within my life. As a young child, um, I believed the things that you were supposed to believe. Jesus was real. Jesus died on the cross. I needed Jesus to be my savior. And I prayed to ask Jesus to be my savior. And I, I got baptized. I did that when I was really young, before I was 10. And felt like as a really young child, now I'm saved. As I got older, I began to question that. Because even though I had my beliefs down, I hadn't really experienced Christ. Now, here's what I mean by experienced Christ. So as I entered into high school, I did like what lots of people do when they enter into high school or maybe even middle school. And that is I wanted to be friends with people. And in a very socially awkward time of everyone's life, uh, we tend to do things that kind of uh, help us to be um, ingratiated into some kind of a social circle. Well, I wanted to be in a, a good social circle. And and so I I recognize it to be in a part of this particular social circle. You, you had to do some things that weren't really God honoring. <laughs> and the more I tried to ingratiate myself into this social circle, the emptier I felt. I still had my belief, but something just felt very empty. It felt like that thing that I did when I was a kid really didn't make much of a difference of my life here. And I really wasn't focused on doing any of these things anyways. Instead, 
I just began talking in ways that would ingratiate me. I began doing things that they would think I was one of them. And even though it did gain me a number of friendships, in a very short period of time, the emptiness that I felt and giving up the things that I felt were true in order to have the social circle began to take its toll on me. I remember after my freshman year in high school, I remember vividly um, in a PE class of all things, I think we were playing you know, dodgeball or something, but I, my head was not in the game. I, my head was completely in this place of feeling like I don't fit. I don't belong. I feel empty. I need something. And my belief, what my belief had told me was that God was always there for me, but, but God felt so distant. I, would, I wouldn't have even said at that point in my life, I didn't even believe God was real. I knew I was empty. A few weeks later, school would let out. And I remember going to youth camp. And if you've been a journey any amount of time, you've heard me tell this story before. We were going to youth camp and I always loved youth camp, but we were going to youth camp and I was going for a different reason this time. Like I needed to experience good news. I needed to experience Christ. We went the first four of five days of camp before I finally came to that place of saying, I no longer want to live this way. I don't want to sacrifice what I know to be true. I don't want to be the person who steps on others to get somewhere socially. I don't want to be the person who has to, to say things that hurt others to get somewhere socially. I don't want to be a person who takes advantage of other people in order to get somewhere to benefit myself. And I just remember praying, saying, I feel the brokenness within me. I feel the struggle and the emptiness and the hole. And I prayed, Jesus, if you are real, I need you. It wasn't very elaborate. It wasn't this incredible um, belief statement. I didn't quote scripture. I just, in a moment of brokenness and need, said, I need you. And all I can say is in that moment, what I experienced has lasted over 30 years of my life. And I have never once questioned whether Jesus was real. See, my experience was important that I had my beliefs, but it was my experience that took me to the place where I found that Christ was not only real, but he made me whole. He filled me up. I felt great about my life. I no longer swam in that social circle, and that was okay because I didn't need that social circle circle anymore. I found within my life I had hope. I found I've had purpose. I found that, you know what, I can find my way. There is a level of confidence knowing that the God of the universe walks with you and lives within you that you can handle most any challenge that comes your way, even if it feels overwhelming at times, that experience is why I went into ministry. And if I'm going to talk to somebody about Jesus, I'm going to start with that. And then I'm going to move to the belief statements. You see, good news is not just a statement of beliefs because there are all kinds of religions out there that have statements of beliefs. Good news 
is about something that so profoundly changed you for the good that you've got to tell other people. I want to encourage you as we are going into this new year. There are a lot of people that need good news. If you have a testimony that God has changed you, you have some good news to share. Now, maybe you feel like I don't maybe I don't believe all the right things or or maybe I don't even know what all the things are I'm supposed to believe yet. But if you've experienced Jesus, you have good news to share. Remember, Peter and John, two apostles, said this. We excuse me, we can't help but share what we've seen and heard. I believe that evangelism for us today in 2020 going on into 2021 needs to be more about what we have seen and heard than what we've been told to believe. Now, I recognize I'm offering what could become a a kind of a shaky idea here because without the foundation of belief, we can take experience anywhere. We can interpret it with anything. They really do go hand in hand. It is important that we understand the truth of what of who Christ is and what he taught. But it's also important that we share the experience. You see, you didn't share your most exciting Christmas gift with your friends because you were supposed to. You shared it because you were so excited and you wanted them to know about it. When you got that good news that you were accepted into that school, you didn't share it because you were supposed to. You shared it because you couldn't help but tell people, I worked for this, I got it, or that promotion, or that new job, or paying off that debt, or restoring that lost friendship that you thought you would never have back. That's good news that changes you, and you just want to tell other people because it's good. So I believe one of the the crucial elements about what it looks like for us to move forward in 2021 is that we are sharing good news with a world that is inundated with bad news. Right now, we've got a lot of bad news. Uh, Just in the last couple of days, we just continue to see rising numbers of COVID. There was an explosion, still investigating why, but there's an explosion and Nashville that could have been way worse than it was. Uh, Many people were without cell service or internet service, um, but few uh, people lost their lives. So we are in need of good news. Jobless numbers are down in Tennessee, but they're up in the rest of the country. We are in need of good news. Depression is on the rise. We are in need of of good news. Anxiety is on the rise. We are in need of good news. And I am, it's not that I'm not sure. I am sure. Belief statements will not feel like good news to people. Experiences that are so good, you have to share them because you have to tell what you've seen and heard. Now that's good news and people want to know What do they have to do to have it, which is where those belief statements come in place? As we enter into this, let me encourage you in this. I believe you are supposed to share good news with the people you know, and maybe some people you don't know, with your 
neighbors and your coworkers, your friends, your family. God wants you to share good news with them. I want to encourage you to think about what is your experience with Christ. Not just what do you believe, but what is your experience with Christ? If you are not sure that you have one, I would really like to talk with you. Maybe spend some time over these next few days because some of you are going to have some days off or, or maybe now or closer to New Year's. Maybe you'll go to work for a few days and you'll have New Year's off. But what is your experience with Christ that makes it good for you? What makes you excited about that? And maybe lead the conversation with that. Interestingly, a group of psychologists did a study on how to share news with people. And in the gospel, there is absolutely good and bad news. There is bad news. We are all sinful and we need a savior. Good news is there's a loving God who gave everything for us to be forgiven for our sins and to have a relationship with him forever. But when you ask somebody who's giving news, would you rather share good news first or bad news first? Interesting. Most people who have good news to share want to share the good news first, which is normal, right? I want to share the good stuff. And then they share the bad news. When asked um, a number of people surveyed, um, if you were going to receive good and bad news, which would you want to receive first? Most will say, I want to receive the bad news first um, so I can end with the good news. <laughs> so make me feel bad at first, but then make me feel better after. Those are both kind of interesting strategies for sharing the gospel. I want to I want to propose um, maybe what uh, some of these researchers found when they called it the good news, bad news sandwich. Uh, maybe this is the way we share the good news moving in to 2021. You start with good news, your own experience, what you've experienced in Christ that has changed you, has given you hope, purpose, love, fulfillment, and move to the bad news. What's the reality for the world and brokenness of humanity that when we don't pin it on one person, but we understand all of humanity is broken and sinful, then we can move to the good news again, that Christ has come for them too. I certainly don't want to make this some kind of a formula because formulas don't typically work, but I do want you to begin thinking about your testimony differently. There's great good news in the birth of Christ, the life of Christ, the death, resurrection of Christ. But let us share what he has done to change us. What makes us so excited we have to talk about it? Because I guarantee in a world who is starved for good news, they will receive that news well. Thank you for joining me today. We're going to be talking about this again and talking a little more about, well, who tends to receive the good news and, and how do we as a church function in a, in a world that's filled with bad news? We're going to be talking about that in the coming weeks. But I hope, if nothing else, you will spend some time today asking yourself, what is my experience with Christ that is so profound it should be shared with others? I have to share it with others. And maybe find an opportunity or a time to do that. Would you pray with me? Father, God, I thank you for the incredible love you've shared with us. I thank you that you have given us good news in a world filled with bad news. Uh, Father, I pray for those 
that are thinking right now about, well, what is my experience with Christ? Did I just grow up in a church and believe the right things? And, and maybe I haven't ever truly experienced Christ myself. Oh, Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would move in such a way that they would, they would know that you are knocking on the door of their heart, that you would, they would know that you are real and there. They would know that this is an opportunity for their life to be completely turned around. Father, I pray for those that feel that uh, they don't have any position to tell anybody about anything. They are in the midst of their own struggle, their own suffering. God, I know that you want to use them just as you use those apostles. When it said they themselves, there was nothing special about them except they had been with Jesus. Father, I pray that those who have been with Jesus will be so overwhelmed with excitement and joy that they just have to tell somebody. It doesn't matter if they have a high position at work or, 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 or hold some kind of an office somewhere. They, because they've been with Jesus, they have some good news to share. Father, I pray for those who are just buckling under the weight of all the bad news in the world. There is good news, not just, <clears throat> not just the temporary good news, but eternal good news that you loved us so much that you died on the cross for us. You took our sin. You filled our hole in our heart. You put the pieces of our brokenness back together. You made us whole and you made us well. Father, let us be so excited about that that we just have to share it with others. We thank you for your love. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me. Uh, we don't really have any announcements other than uh, we'll be in touch about some other activities at the church when um, they might be able to start getting back together. For now, we're going to continue with online services, but uh, we miss you. Uh, we love you. We're praying for you. If we can um, help you in any way or, or if you need prayer, just let us know. You can go to our website, journeychattanooga.com forward slash pray. You can leave a prayer request. Um, you can email me, mark at journeychattanooga.com if you have a need and you, or you need to talk. Um, I would love to talk with you. I look forward to what's coming in 2021, and I hope that you will join us. Uh, until I see you again, uh, we wish you a happy new year, and we look forward to seeing you as soon as possible.